98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. He played tackle in the NFL for more than a decade. Max Starks. Max Starks. Maximum Maximum brought to you by Carol Royce, Keller Williams Realty, East Valley. Get more money selling your home. Go to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. Please welcome, from the University of Florida, tackle Max Starks. Starks for one more segment here, Wolf, and it seems like a pretty good time to talk about the task at hand in front of that Cardinals offensive line on Sunday. Uh, Max, we were talking earlier in the show, and uh, I told Wolf, Kelvin Beecham, I thought, played so well on Sunday against the Raiders that... I could tell Kelvin Beecham was playing well. Having never played offensive line at any level, you could tell Kelvin Beecham was doing a pretty good job. But it was a different task last week, right? You're facing two players, Chandler Jones and Max Crosby, that can really get after your quarterback from a different kind of spot on that line. Now you're facing Aaron Donald. You're a lot more familiar with him than you are with Max Crosby. They're a lot. He's a lot more familiar with you than Max Crosby was as well. How different of a challenge is it this week for that offensive line? Well, I mean, one is you have a guy who can play anywhere on the on the defensive line <laughs> in Aaron Donald. So it's either you're seeing Aaron on a double-team responsibility or a cutoff block, or you're seeing a man up on pass pro because he's on the edge. Um, that presents a new challenge. And... To go with that, you know, you're also probably going to see some Ashawn Robinson and also some Leonard Floyd in, in that mix and a little Justin Holland. So, I mean, you're going to get a good mix of guys. Depending on if you stay in sub, stay in your 11 personnel, it sends a different type of front at you as opposed to when you're in base and there'll be more of a 3-4-esque type of squad or some type of over 4-2-ish, 4-3-ish type of look. So, I mean, it's going to be a challenge just because this guy is a different animal and when you're talking about having Max Crosby and Chandler Jones as though they're not Aaron Donald right. it's just it's, it's, a, it's a different individual um, altogether because he's a physical guy that can either go inside to disrupt your offensive line or stay on the outside and still disrupt your offensive line and you have to account for where he lines up on the field versus you kind of know where Crosby and Jones are going to be on a play to play basis you kind of get your feet settled in for what you have to anticipate. You know it's amazing Matt because I think to myself, if the Arizona Cardinals block Aaron Donald, whether they're running the ball or throwing the ball, if they block Aaron Donald, they have a chance to win this game. And if they have problems blocking Aaron Donald, I don't know how much of a chance they have. I hate to boil it down to one guy. It's a gross simplification of the truth. Yet at the same time, I, I get that feeling going into this. How would you attack Aaron Donald? <laughs> Well, I think the biggest thing is you, you notice that they're not going to stay playing. Right now, the way their defense is playing, expect that defense to move. So now you have to be more anticipatory about what you do. But I do say if you're going to use the slides and you're going to use some different protections to where it's more of a zone type of responsibility, um, dare I say that gap and slide protections are kind of like that. Yes. Um, that would be your best um, agent because I feel like they're going to move him around not only just positionally, but I think they're going to stunt him into some situations. So when you are carrying as an offensive lineman, a guy coming across your face, make sure your buddy's there, but also be aware of the return guy. Because the thing we know about offensive line, 
Once a guy leaves a gap, guess what? That gap's still secured by somebody. Yeah. Whether it's a guy looping back over the top or whether it's a linebacker fire. So be on top of your P's and Q's as far as how they're going to attack you and how they're going to adjust because they realize they probably can't just straight up rush you. So they're going to use angles in that type of aspect, and especially a team as shifty as the Cardinals and Kyler Murray's propensity to be able to run when things break down, especially up the middle. Expect them to pay a lot of attention to the middle and use some twists, use some what we call NT games, nose nose and defensive tackle games, use some you-me games outside with the defensive end, outside linebackers, different ways to affect and get linemen going laterally as opposed to backing up and setting up the picket fence for Kyler Murray. Max, the uh, the difference in the Cardinals' protection of Kyler Murray from week one to week two was, was like night and day. Even in the first half when things weren't going well for the Cardinals uh, against the Raiders, they were still protecting Kyler Murray better. And I'm, I know it's not one thing, but I mean, how much of that is just the return of Justin Pugh? Because it seemed like that was a lot of it. Well, I think it settles things down, right? When you know the guy next to you as an offensive lineman, you've played some years together, that makes all the difference in the world. Because I know what he's thinking, he knows what I'm thinking, we understand how each other sets, we understand the little, you know, kind of wink and nods at each other, the nonverbal communication, like all that makes a difference. When you have someone new in there, you have to kind of retrain them and get them caught up to your culture, um, especially at the guard position, because you got to know what the center and the tackle are doing. You know, you are in a phone booth, but you got to know what these guys are doing. How wide is my phone booth? <laughs> I need to know that. You know, is the A gap going to be a little bit tighter and the B gap going to be a little bit looser? Okay, I know that. But when you're new and that communication isn't there, it makes for a tougher transition and have Having Justin Pugh in there and as smart as he is and the relationship he has with with Rodney and with um <clears throat> And with Beach, it, it, it does make a difference. Um, you know, you got to look at the holistic view. And an offensive line is something that's very, very fragile. It's, it's a fragile bond that you must have. I'm sorry, I, I said I said Beach. I meant DJ. Sorry, yeah. he's left guard. I, I, I'm confused. He moves around. Um, you have a lot of football yeah, in you, your head. You, you I do, do have, have a lot of football, football in my. Head, yes. I know he played guard. <laughs> no, yes. um, no, but uh, but that all makes a difference, and especially when you're on a quarterback's blind side, right? That's the side that you have to be a little bit, you know, the spidey sense has to be tingling a little bit harder um, because you have to figure out, okay, if DJ is going to overset out here because he's looking DN to slot, you know, I need to make sure I'm in his hip pocket, but also I'm not just going to vacate Rodney, right? I'm going to give a hand presence there as I move to the left. I'm going to put my right hand up to make sure that gap isn't as wide as, as everybody's seeing it. It perceives it as being closed off and secured. So that's the little idiosyncrasies yeah. that help the offensive line. So you know what on that note right there um, are you going to double okay, do you want to run the ball right at Aaron Donald is that what you want to do or are you going to run away from Aaron Donald I mean obviously you've got to mix it up but if you had your druthers what are you going to do I'm going at him. Yeah. I want to go at him. Yeah. I want to send two bodies. I want to punish him. Yep. I want to tenderize him, right? Nobody <laughs> nobody wants a tough steak, Wolf. You know, tenderize the steak a little bit. If you can get a little action where you're raising him up, letting the tackle kind of clear out the rib cage and his sinus cavities, that's what you want because that slows down what he's trying to do. If yep. you leave him alone, especially on the backside, right? You think of backside cutoffs, that is where Aaron Donald is absolutely lethal. He is lethal, more lethal than any Viper on this planet. 
planet, any snake on this planet, that is the one thing you can't do because he will outrun you. He will swipe and he will run things down from the backside. You don't want that. I'd rather know that the devil's in front of me and I go head on as opposed to thinking somebody else is going to take the job and I'm running away from it. Yeah, you know, I saw the Cardinals um, against the Raiders, of course. I saw them run 22 and 23 double. You know what I was like? Yeah. Okay, here we go. Here we that That's what I'm doing. That was uh, it. Max almost made it through the whole hour without making a food reference that got me hungry and thinking about lunch. He referenced steak in the final minute, like the two. You minutes. guys are you already had the wolf it down your lunch yeah. segment. Yeah, I mean, come on. When I should be able Max. to come in there. No. I know. Hey, that Max, is true. Here's the I'm thing. poetic with you. It. Don't have to say you don't have to tell <laughs> Craig that I love him. Okay, you don't have to because I'm actually doing a podcast with him tonight. Okay, oh, so you don't have You're to. Not. tell Oh, nice. You anymore because yeah. he got so, the podcast so, machine well, going. Well, because Craig, because Craig is Craig has to stay home tonight. Like he can't, he's not traveling to, uh, he's not traveling to Cleveland because there's a hotel shortage. Uh, so, so yeah, so he'll be at home. So it's good. You can read him a bedtime story after the podcast. That'd be great. Right, that's that, awesome. That actually is the podcast, Max. Love you, buddy. Thank All right, you, thank you, Max. Love you guys. Take care. Have a great week. That's uh, Max Starks joining us right there. Maximum football as he does every Wednesday. Wolf, when we come back, in case you missed it somehow, Robert Sarver has started the process to sell the Phoenix Suns and Mercury. So, what does that mean now? That's next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. All right, sports fans in the Valley already had a lot on your plate coming into today. And now, Wolf, that uh, just got exponentially bigger with the news from Robert Sarver that he has begun the uh, beginning the process of seeking buyers for the Suns and Mercury. Put out a statement right before our show today. Uh, it's a long one. I'm not going to read the whole thing. It's been picked apart by quite a few people. But the bottom line is um, the bottom line is he's selling the Phoenix Suns and the uh, Phoenix Mercury, and that is something. And I want to make sure I say this the right way. That is something that a lot of Suns fans have wanted before any of this, before any sort of Baxter Holmes story, before any sort of report, before any sort of NBA investigation. And I don't mean to say that to minimize what the investigation found. I just think there's two different stories here now. There is the there is what has happened and what the investigation found and and how that's just not acceptable on a bunch of different level levels. But there's also the fact that Phoenix Suns fans wanted him out 10 years ago. Yeah. So you've got two very large stories converging now today. Yeah, I think you're right about that. Um, also, um, it's completely speculative and something we've been talking about, but the parameters, I think, of a deal, it's starting to clear up for us. It really is. It's clearing up the entire mess of this investigation, of course, and how long the investigation took, and then all of a sudden, the announcement of what the NBA and the investigation found, and Adam Silver, right? Adam Silver getting up in front of the world, the basketball world, the basketball universe, and, and falling all over himself for the most part. It suddenly is becoming pretty evident why the NBA said, um, we're going to take a hit here in regard to our PR, because we're only going to give them a one-year suspension and fine them $10 million. And I say that only because people thought, oh my goodness, I feel only that's all you gave him for this? Um, I think we know why. 
Adam Silver got up there and fumbled all over himself. I think we know why, and it's because I think there was an agreement or an understanding that was in place. Basically, we're going to take it easy on you, and you're going to sell. Right, Robert? Now, that's purely speculative, but that's what I think. Well, it took 10 months to conduct the investigation, which, you know, especially in light of of an NCAA investigation that's taking 10 years, the 10 months, I think that's a a, a normal time. But it took 10 months to conduct the investigation, and it took eight days for Robert Sarver to announce that he's looking to sell the Suns and Mercury. So I still it's amazing when you say that, to hear you say that. It was only last Tuesday. Yeah, no, that that, that is crazy because it feels like we've been living in this world for months where it's like, okay, what is he going to do? Is he going to sell the team? Chris Paul's talking, LeBron's talking, PayPal president and CEO's talking, you got Draymond Green talking yesterday. Um, you and I, I think, ultimately agree on, uh, on, on agreed on what was going to happen here. We both thought he was, he's not coming back and running the team at it any point. It seemed inevitable yeah. that would happen. Now, you are of the belief that there might have been a little bit of an understanding beforehand. I, I tend to lean more towards just the understanding was there's just, there's going to be so much public outcry that he's not going to have a choice. Either way, it was yeah, probably, but, but, probably both. But once again, why would the NBA go ahead and take that PR hit? Why? Because Adams. Silver did take a hit. That press conference, there's no doubt about it. There were a lot of people looking at Adam Silver like, what are you doing? Yeah, but he knew this was going to happen, right? If yeah, you could get Adam Silver a, a, a off off record and, and ask him, and he had to answer honestly. Sure. And, and if I, my question would be, look, you knew when you put that report out there and made it public that there was going to be so much pressure, you guys weren't going to have to run him out of the league. Yeah, exactly. But once again, um, I'm looking at it from Adam Silver's perspective, and he he took the hits. Why would they have to take the hit if he was going to sell it anyways? But Why you, would they have to take that hit? They took the hit because it was part of the deal. Do you think that that hit is going to be much of a hit a couple weeks from now? I mean, I agree in the moment. It was it was so awkward that it made you think something was something else must have been up because Adam Silver's not usually in that position where he was just kind of like, you know, not fumbling for words, but he didn't seem like he believed what he was saying. He didn't know what he did not. We played that one clip on the show, Wolf, that you oh and I hadn't goodness. heard yet, and we both looked at each other at the end like, are you going to talk? Because I don't know what he just said. What did he just say? <laughs> it was obfuscation. That was the only word that came to mind. Uh, Ramona Shelburne on NBA Today talked about some of the public and private pressure on Robert Sarver over the last week. There was a lot of surprise that he did relent, but there was public pressure, which we've talked about. LeBron James tweeting, Chris Paul tweeting, Draymond Green on his podcast. There was also a lot of private pressure on Robert Sarver behind the scenes. We heard PayPal, but there were a lot of other league sponsors and team sponsors that were lining up to to pull away from the Suns and not be publicly associated with him. There was also the pressure applied by other owners and Adam Silver behind the scenes. Mm. Adam Silver is obviously a, a, a very uh, good at, at applying pressure when it needed to be and facilitating these types of conversations and discussions to to get to this place. Whether there was like a deal in place behind the scenes or not, Wolf, the the, the fact that LeBron spoke out, Chris Paul spoke out, PayPal spoke out, and John Najafi spoke out all in less than 48 hours, Yeah, that was it. There was no coming back after that. Yeah. yeah. Once again, I think Adam Silver, behind the scenes, you heard it right there. I think Adam Silver applied pressure and let him know Hey, listen, once again, going back to an understanding, a prearranged deal that said basically, okay, we're going to take it easy on you publicly and you're going to sell, correct? Because ultimately that was the goal. 
More from Ramona Shelburne, because now, if you are a Suns fan, you're looking forward, you're thinking, okay, how is the sale going to go? Are they just, are all the, the Suns owners going to sell, or are they just going to sell Robert Sarver's 35%? What's going to happen here? Who's going to be interested in the team now going forward? Robert Sarver is going to sell this team, and this is a really important point. He gets to decide who he sells it to. Mm-hmm. So anybody you hear is a potential owner. There's going to be a lot of interest in this team. could be $3 billion, $4 billion valuation. Um, he gets to decide who he sells to, just like Shelly Sterling decided to sell to Steve Ballmer. There were a lot of other candidates, right. but somebody, um, there's been a few names that you'll hear. Jeff Bezos, the owner, of, the CEO of Amazon, um, Robert Iger, former CEO of Disney, uh, the, uh, Lorraine Jobs, who's a minority owner of the Washington Wizards as well, uh, and Larry Ellison. These are, these are big names that are out there. There's going to be a lot more names that you'll hear over the coming days and months, yeah. but my expectation is it will be an outside owner who mm-hmm. comes in to buy the Suns, and it will take a couple of months at least. Look, as long as it's not oh. like Bob Sarner, and it's just Robert Sarver with a mustache, and he's like, hey, this is what I'm selling the team to, I think Suns fans will be okay with it. No, you know, once again, no, the Suns are going to be sold to the highest bidder, and there is going to be That'll a, have a lot bidding to do with it, war yeah. going on. Just to hear her say that, three or four even billion dollars. I thought coming into today, I thought it was going to start with a three. 3.1 is what I actually yeah, said. As you a said 3.1. And I, so now you're I feel better me, hearing that because I feel like people thought we were over evaluating the, oh, the value of the team. There's no way. You said 3.1. I said 2.8 earlier, but now to hear somebody else say 3 or 4 billion, I, I would, it's going to be over 2.8. You've got a win now situation right now with a long term that looks pretty good when you got Devin Booker locked up the way that you do. You're hyper talented. You've got a new practice facility in Paradise Valley. Would you say that's kind of a I mean, even the name. Look, as long as you don't have to drive there and get a speeding ticket, even when you're not speeding, you're fine. It is a state-of-the-art practice facility they have over there. They've got their arena that has been renovated. They have an excellent coach, an excellent general general manager. This is... This is a win-now situation for somebody to come in and say, okay, we're going to clean up the workplace. That's all I need to do. And everything else... Is going to handle itself. Uh, you're going to make money. You're going to you're going to have a competitive team. Wolf, as we've been doing the show today, they've been flashing up on both the screens here in the studio. And then these are not like local things. These are Nazar. We had ESPN and we've got uh, Bally's on right now for the uh, the replay of the D-backs game. But they've been flashing up on ESPN all day selling points for the if you want to buy the Phoenix Suns. And it's what you just said. It's that new practice facility. They, they brought this up too. Devin Booker, uh, DeAndre Ayton, Mikkel oh. Bridges. Here's a core that are a bunch of guys that are signed long-term that you can build around. Now, we may think DeAndre Ayton is potentially going to get traded at some point, but either way, as an owner, A, you have a say over that <laughs> if you're going to buy the team, and B, you have your core in place. You're located in Phoenix. There's a bunch of different reasons why this team yes. would be very valuable, and they're the only team that's Openly for sale right now. Openly for sale. What do you think that means? Now all of a sudden, you're, wait a minute, you're going to have Jeff Bezos involved in in a bidding war? He's got some money. <laughs> okay. You said it earlier. You, you know, three billion dollars is, is a ton of money. If you are somebody with three hundred billion dollars, yeah. the difference between three and three point two billion. If you want the team, right, you're going to get the team. You're going to find a way to do it. Sold. <laughs> I don't even know who we just sold him to. I thought we were going to try and buy him together. I think we were going to we get Maloney and Rick in on this, too. I think we could pull our money. Guy's worth hundreds of billions. 
Uh, Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We just have the entire Suns fan base on the team like the Packers. Just buy it in cash. Just how far can Kyle... (laughs) (laughs) What's that? cold, hard cash. My briefcase with uh, $3.4 billion in it. No big deal. Uh, Just how far can Kyler Murray carry the Cardinals? You're going to hear from Kyler Murray next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. This is Kyler Murray, and you're listening to 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Nobody in this room is as fast as this kid. He's like that little kid. You can't catch me. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Snap to Murray, and he's going to keep it off the left side. He's at the 10, at the 5. He's in again. Some more Murray magic. Our guy is one of those that gives you a chance every Sunday, and at his best, you know, I don't know who's better in this league. Let's be the best. Let's go, baby. Let's go. Wolf and Luke talk Cardinals now. Welcome back to the show. Well, you know, I, I know I said this the other day. That game ended. I couldn't tell you any of Kyler Murray's stats. I mean, I know him now because it's come up a few times. But that game ended on Sunday, and yeah, I peeled back the curtain a little bit yesterday. But I think this goes for pretty much every host here and a lot of the people that just work here in general. Watch Cardinals games differently, where you're taking notes throughout the whole thing because you gotta you gotta be organized. Sure. Uh, ideally, <laughs> when you go on the air. Now, obviously, look at all these papers I have nice. in front of me. I'm not yes. that organized today. Exactly. But um, but the way that game played out in the second half, there was there were no notes. It was just I'll rewatch it later. This is a amazing theater and this is what sports are all about so i'm gonna watch it you know can i just jump in and say right now that um i was sitting there doing the post game with dave pash yeah up in the broadcast booth after we had witnessed kyler murray doing what he did in vegas and i had both hands up to my massive forehead (laughs) i was just I, I I literally had it on the, my fingertips on the forehead for a ten minutes because I could not comprehend what I had just witnessed, and Pash felt the same way. I don't know how the Raiders recover because they're zero and two in that division. And they've got the Titans, Broncos, and Chiefs coming up before their bye week. Now, the Broncos, they just live and die by the field goal, apparently. And the Titans haven't looked great. But they're 0-2 in that division, and they just lost that way. I mean, that's the exact opposite of everything we've said about, hey, maybe the Cardinals can build off this. right. Uh, but where I was going with not necessarily that this being a game where Kyler's stats stood out so much, he ran the ball five times for 28 yards and one touchdown. You know, that's not, if you just look at that, if you don't, if he just landed here and you don't know anything about any of the players in the NFL, you just saw that stat line, you'd be like, oh, their quarterback must have snuck one in and maybe he scrambled a couple times. Uh, to me, Kyler Murray's ability and th- and the threat of him running in the uh, in the fourth quarter of that game was the difference maker and i don't want him to be at, like just i don't want him to be lamar jackson but that threat and that ability to right. make plays out of nothing is what makes him special. He was asked about it today. That's, this is my very long way of setting up this quote. I think it was more so just uh, trying to win. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't um, anything, you know, as far as, oh, I need to run more, or do this more. It was just whatever it takes to win. And um, that's, part, that's part of it. You know, that's part of the game. That's part of uh, uh, my game. So... Uh, whatever, you know what I'm saying, whatever's necessary, whatever it takes to get the job done, uh, that's what I was going to do. First time I've heard that quote, that might be my favorite Kyler Murray quote of all time, honestly, because he just summarized what I've been trying to say for a year with Kyler Murray. 
I want him to run when it's necessary. Yeah. I don't want him to run because he's fast and like, oh, we've got this guy, we got to make him run. But he just said it right there, whatever it takes to win. When he gets into that mode, I think he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. When he yes. gets into that, whatever it takes to win and the game's within reach, and he just goes into that like, okay, uh, somebody's open, okay, there's 18 yards. Oh, I got to run, and, and there's nobody in front of me. Nobody's going nobody's to tackle me. He just proved it on that two-point conversion. Yeah. If he wants the two yards, nobody can tackle him. See, and there it is right there, the two-point conversion. That's just what I was going to say. Uh, the off-schedule run is what I truly love. And sometimes that's what has to happen. A quarterback has to pull the ball down and make a play. And that was the epitome of pulling the ball down and making a play. 85 yards covered total, of course. Thank you, Next Gen Stats. And then 21 seconds, almost 21 seconds, 20.8 to actually complete that play. He did what he had to do to win. And see, that's that's what I want from Kyler Murray in terms of running the ball. Do what you have to do to win. Um, you know what? The Arizona Cardinals don't need Kyler Murray to run a, a set amount of plays to actually win. They don't. I agree. They need him to actually use his legs when given the opportunity. Ideally, you wouldn't need him to run because for the just the simple purposes of self-preservation, ideally you could win games without him needing to. But if the game's on the line, I don't think they can stop him. And that's what makes him special is the combination of being able to make a throw like he did to A.J. Green, but also to be able to run like Lamar Jackson. Nobody else has that. Yeah, one of the things I love, though, and Cliff is really, really good at this, one of the things I love is the Arizona Colonels typically like to show a defense, especially in the first quarter. Oh, we're going to run this guy. <laughs> we are going to run him. Don't think we're we're afraid to somehow, some way, run Kyler Murray on a called run. Don't you ever think that. And if you forgot about that, watch this. Here comes a deliberate zone read where they're going to have him keep it, right? Or, or now all of a sudden, here's a quarterback draw. They've run the quarterback draw, and they show that early as well. Oh, we will run him. They actually ran, i got to say this quickly, they ran a counter tray. Okay, the counter tray is where you block down on the left. Imagine now you've got DJ Humphreys and a tight end blocking down on the left. Down blocks coming down. And then you pull Will Hernandez, the right guard. He kicks out Chandler Jones. And then the right tackle, Calvin Beecham, runs up through the hole to get the linebacker. Kyler Murray, direct snap, empty set, empty backfield. They direct snap to Kyler Murray, and Kyler acts like he's going to go back into a pass set and then runs behind those two guys. A counter tray that was a quarterback draw. It was a quarterback draw that was a designed run to Kyler Murray. The whole I missed it in the game. I missed it live in the game and thought it was just a quarterback draw. When it was actually a counter tray. That game, the second half of that game, was a preview of how dangerous this offense could be if they get strong offensive line play. And I know you could say oh, that about man. both. Every team would be better with strong offensive line play, but if you put strong offensive line play in front of Kyler Murray, <laughs> like that's 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 when you see, start to get to the level you want to be at. See, this is this is a great point by you because once again, um, it, it's the offensive line that allows the talent to do what they do. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, it allows Kyler Murray to be Kyler Murray. It, it allows James Conner to be James Conner. It, it allows Eno Benjamin and Daryl Williams, by the way, a guy that I, I'm really loving what I'm seeing from Daryl Williams, Zach Ertz and Hollywood Brown and, boy, D-Hop. And can you imagine when they get these guys, these receivers healthy again? This is why the offensive line, it does. It, it's the pass apart, too. It is the key that unlocks all locks for the Arizona Cardinals going forward because they have to be good enough, good enough, to let your talent do what your talent does. Every time you say pass apart, too, I always think it's some sort of like version of the Tampa, too. No, it is not. I Strictly know. for pass it's, defense. It is, no, it is but the skeleton not. key no. that unlocks all locks. But you could see my mistake. The pass apart, too. Uh, week three of Bix Picks is underway. Text PICK to 620-620 to sign up and compete against Dan Bickley for your chance at the grand prize 75-inch TV, courtesy of Corona Extra. I don't think that's Bickley's TV, is it? That's like one we're giving away. It's not his. That would be high stake. Yeah. Uh, weekly winners. off his wall. Yeah. Well, sorry, you beat me. Sorry, Here's my Dan. TV. Weekly winners will receive an NFL jersey of their choice and a $50 gift card to cold beers and cheeseburgers. So text pick to 620-620 to enter when we come back. Zaven Collins off of probably his best NFL game and one where he played 100% of the snaps. You'll get his reaction. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station. <laughs> Hi, this is Evan Collins. You're listening to 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. I've seen a lot of maturity, taking ownership of things, demanding things from others, not suggesting things, I would say. Great open field tackle by Zayvon Collins. He read it, he trusted, and he made the play. When he fires and he's not thinking, you can see that athletic ability and that size really on display, and then he just has to keep doing that. Let's go! Let's go! Wolf and Luke, talk Cardinals now. I know that we're going to hear from David Collins here. We are, Wolf. But I wanted to play one more clip from Kyler Murray, who spoke after practice today. This is the first time we've heard from Kyler, not just since he led that remarkable comeback on Sunday in Vegas, but also since it looked like he got hit in the face by a fan, a Raiders fan, after the game. Yeah. And so he was asked about that today, and here is Kyler's response. No, it was just, you know, stuff happens fast. Um, I'm not... No, I don't know. I don't know. I know every person I've hit in the face. They, I did it for a reason. I don't know. You know, if he, if he, if he was probably didn't know where he was. I don't know. You know, it was a, it was a pretty live game. Vegas is Vegas. I'm sure. You know, he was having fun. Um, but again, I don't know. I mean, I don't think any player should be getting you know touched in that manner. But um, no hard feelings towards the guy. I mean, if I seen him, you know, I shake his hand. But. Uh, it is what it is. It's taking the high road. Wow, really you know what taking I mean? the Once really again, high road. I, is that maturity? Is that is that Kyler? I wouldn't um, be that mature. Gr- I would not. <laughs> I would have been mad. I was eight years in the league, and I was still going into the stands. I, yeah. <laughs> um, that's growth. That, I think. Uh, yeah, that's um. That's probably taking an even higher road than he needs to. We heard Cliff's comment earlier. I the love the, the week. fact that he did. Can I just say yeah, that? I do too. 
I do. Even though I'm, I'm surprised I, by that. I know if I were his age, once again, what I was like when I was 24. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't even. That I mean, would it's, not happen. It's not even and a I Kyler feel thing. badly saying that, but it's the truth. It's not even a Kyler thing or an age thing. If they asked Tom Brady about if that happened to Brady, <laughs> I wouldn't. You know, I don't know. I, I just I'm I'm surprised to hear that as the uh, the response. But good for Kyler uh, for taking the high road there. Now over to the defensive side of the football, uh, Zayvon. Collins played all of the defensive snaps on Sunday. Only he and uh, and Buda Baker were uh, were out there for all 100% of the snaps. Zavin today was asked about the green dots and, uh, and of course, the green dot. I think I've said the, the words green and dot more in the last month than I had my entire life up to that, but he was asked about it because he got it back on Sunday. It wasn't really thrust upon me like late. It was, I mean, it's week two. They just, it's, are you talking about the green dot? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, we all carry it throughout training camp so whenever Isaiah wasn't in I would be calling if I wasn't in Isaiah would be calling if he wasn't in Fidge or someone else would be calling so you get practice throughout the whole training camp it's not like you just go out there and all of a sudden like I don't have any practice this I've been doing it since training camp I did it all last year so it's cool (laughs) Zavid have you done it in a game that's all the same I love you know practice, of course, and, and it's he's right. You know, I get it. You know, we do. I do it all the time in practice. Of course, we all have the green dot of practice. And I, you know, of course, I I did it all last year. Have you done it in a game? We've all David, seen green dots when you've before, got the right? silks on, and suddenly you're out there and it's a go live situation, man. Um, I love it. I love the fact he's got that attitude. He's trying to downplay it. He's trying to downplay that man. I I am so fired up on what I saw from Zayvon Collins. Can I can I honestly the growth in the Chiefs game alone from when that started to the end of that game the growth of course that we saw in the Raiders game especially the second half Zayvon Zayvon Collins. Um, is getting better, Basinonians. I didn't expect him to be ahead of Isaiah Simmons two weeks into this season. And, you know, you got to see it for more than a game and a half from Zaven. But there was a lot of reasons, like legitimate reasons. There is a difference between saying, well, we drafted this guy in the first round, so he's going to be good. Okay, well, I mean, I can say that about anything. I can say I'm going to walk out to a Lamborghini, but that's not what I drove to work today. Or you can say, look, look at this guy. Look how well he just played against the Raiders. That's different. That is him playing that well in the NFL. And so to me, there's a jump right there from we want Zaven to be good to Zaven actually is good now. But I did not expect him to be ahead of Isaiah Simmons. And I don't know what to expect from Isaiah Simmons now on uh, on Sunday. What are you laughing at? <laughs> Oh, nothing. Okay, um, it sounds like nothing. No, I'm just saying command and control. They sent me a, a picture when I, I don't know how old I was right there. It was Sports Illustrated actually did a, what was it? It was some type of. It was all about the Ray Bentley hit. It, it was called The Poet. Yes, but it wasn't all about the Ray well, Bentley. It was actually, they, they were doing a preview going into the season. Yes. And, and they called me the poet. You missed probably the greatest point I've ever made on this show. I'm going to look at this picture and see if it was. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It was what? What, what, are you, what are you laughing at? I'm looking, laughing at the I mean, picture. Okay, okay are we going to tweet this out so we can actually show our listeners right now? It's good. And oh, tweet I do kind of like the fact like that. that you had the what you wrote pinned to a saguaro. I didn't even notice that. It was yeah. just the, 
the the look that you have going on with the headphones. I'll and never the, forget. The hair. Yeah, the the photographer from Sports Illustrated. He actually wanted me to do that, and I was like, "Dude, I feel really uncomfortable." And he said, "Just don't worry about it. Um, this is this is something your agent's gonna like." Just That's don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. And uh, it honestly um, a great experience overall. Did you think you'd be talking about it on the radio in 2022? As a matter of fact, I totally had forgotten about that. Oh, that's why Maloney is here. <laughs> and suddenly there it is. Surprise. Uh, here's another one from Zave. And I, I like when we get the audio like this, like right. I mean, this is just from within the last hour. So we haven't heard this yet. But he was asked, Zaven was, if there are one or two things Vance is still stressing with him. I wouldn't say that me and him have had like interactions like that so much. We just, you know, just trying to be a student of the game, whatever he says, what he sees, what he's thinking when he calls this, trying to get in his head that way to figure out what the, his thoughts are behind a certain call and just saying, oh, he called this, let's just play that. You know, what's his thoughts behind the call? What, why is he calling this? That's more so of what kind of I'm into now and understanding the whys behind stuff rather than just hearing it and playing it. You know what I'm saying? If that makes sense to you guys. <laughs> Zayvon no. Collins speak much, if at all, last season, and he has been very articulate with his answers when we talked to him in training camp and certainly here as well after practice today. Man, hey, that fired me up, that cut right there, man. That was like, somebody give me the violin right now and a jug to blow on because that was really, really cool. <laughs> That's what it's all about, You need to never man. start a band. This is what it's all about. It isn't the what, it's the Why? It's not just the what. Yeah, you've got to repeat the call. You got to do that. But Zaven, Zaven, you got to know the why, and not only the why. You got to know the why of everybody else. What are you doing? Well, here's why you do this. <laughs> you've got to know it all, man. Don't stop with you. Know everybody. Their why. That is, that is, man, that fired me up right now. You grab your partner. Time to square dance. Um, I was going to ask you for the over-under on percentage of snaps Isaiah Simmons plays, but we can talk about that tomorrow. Strike we have to the go. square dance right there at the end. The, the strike the jug from the and, the, and the violin. <laughs> I mean. What kind of music do you listen to? <laughs> All right. Uh, that's it for us. Thanks okay. to Aaron Maloney, Jesse Morrison behind job. the glass. For Wolf, I'm Luke. Anybody out there wants to buy the Suns, uh, we're taking offers now. Burns and Gambo is next on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station.